0: Welcome home, guys. Sorry about the cramped space, but I kind of love it. Uh, don't you love being in church? I love being in church every Sunday morning. Uh, it's it's my favorite day of the week, and, ooh, I just got hot. Uh, Woo! <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, anyways, I am I am Maggie. I am a pastor on staff here. And uh, if you were came a long way to see Pastor Lyle, I'm so sorry. You'll see him next week. Um, you're you're stuck with me for the next uh, twenty or so minutes. So, uh, well, this whole summer we have been in a a theme of leadership. We've been doing a series of leadership on Sunday mornings and then have had our summer leadership school on Wednesday nights. And I've loved this. Leadership is something that's really passionate, uh, something that's on my heart a lot. And I love what Craig Groeschel says. He says, when the leader gets better, everything around you gets better. So when we grow, when we lean in and work on equipping ourselves as leaders, every area in our lives starts to level up. You know, that's been our theme of the year is the level up, the year of the level up. And so I've loved this summer. And last week, Pastor Lyle brought a word to the house that uh, it was a a word in season for us. It was a prophetic word in nature for our house. And he talked about how we are a movement, that we are a movement church. How many of you know that we didn't just come to church and we don't gather on Sunday mornings because we want to be entertained or we want to have, you know, check off the Southern Bible Belt, like I went to church, check mark off. We came because we are on assignment. We came because we want to be mobilized to advance the kingdom of God, that we gather on Sunday mornings to be trained and equipped and launched into the ministry that God has given us. You know, that's what it says, is we gather together to be trained as saints to do the work of the ministry. And did you know that you have a work of ministry? That when you came into the kingdom of God, when you accepted Jesus Christ and became a son and daughter, he gave you a ministry. He gave you a mandate to advance his kingdom in your world, in your sphere of influence. You know that word movement means uh, to see transformation, to see change. And Pastor Lyle says often that history is supposed to be different because you're alive. That, you know, and, and sometimes that can seem really daunting of like all of history has to be different because I'm alive. You know, only Jesus changed the entire world. But what we are called to do is to change our worlds. The the worlds that we've been placed in, we have a mandate to bring movement, to bring change and transformation into those places. You know, I love, on Wednesday night, we had Dr. Josh Axe come and speak and he was amazing. Um, But he's an example of somebody who, he has come into an industry and he has literally revolutionized it and that is a movement leader you know, we have uh Mackenzie baker is one of my favorite examples of a movement leader in our house she's on our welcome home team um, and uh, but she was a student at belmont college and in her sophomore year she her and one other friend felt like the lord gave them a vision to bring jesus to their campuses to the women on their campuses and her and one other friend Started a ministry called Delight, and now seven years later, they are on 147 campuses across the across the nation. They're ministering to over 12,000 women weekly, and in a couple of weeks, they're they're having a conference here for leaders, and over 300 leaders, young girls, college-age girls, are coming to be trained and equipped to be launched into their universities and see transformation. That's movement that's movement i think sometimes we hear that word and we hear oh movement and it seems so big it seems so so intangible but when we look at our world if you're if you're a stay-at-home mom your world that you're supposed to be bringing change and transformation and movement is is to your babies if you're in the workplace the world that you're supposed to change is that office space if you're in an industry if you're in the music industry you are supposed to bring to bring change that's supposed to be different because you're there. That's, right. that's the kind of people we are. And, you know, I, I love that we're not a church that's just coming to check off the went to church checkbox, but that we are coming on assignment to see the kingdom of God released, to see heaven released on earth, amen? amen. And, you know, how many of you know that movements are not made in a singular moment? Movements are made in process. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today is the process of a movement. And to be honest, uh, this week, I, I knew I was uh, preaching this morning, so I took time to prepare. And, and by yesterday afternoon, I literally got to this point where I was like, this sucks. Like, there is no juice or oil on this message. So you're welcome, guys. <laughs> Um, but I mean, to the point where literally Lyle and Allison had just gotten home and I'm voice memoing Lyle saying, Lyle, I don't want to preach. Lyle, can Rick preach? He's ready. He hasn't prepared at all, but he can do it. And, um, and Lyle sent me back a very uh, pastoral pep talk and said, you know what? You are going to preach. Thank you. But he said, you know, sometimes it's in our weaknesses when we get to that point where it's, it's nothing about us that God's strength is released and where we get to experience uh, the words of God, the power of God. And, you know, I might not bring a perfectly, uh, you know, formed message this morning, but I pray that it has the power of God on it. I pray that you may not leave with point one to point two, point three, your mind being changed, but you leave with your hearts transformed. Amen. Amen. So we are going to pray and then we're going to get into the text. So Jesus, help Help us be more like you. Help us to be transformed in your presence, God. We don't want to come here and stay the same. We don't want this to be another Sunday. Even if it's a tiny little shift, God, make that shift. If it's one mindset that needs to be broken, take it out, God. If it's it's one person that we need to forgive, give us the grace to forgive. Holy Spirit, you have free reign in this. I pray that every word that you want to speak and release is released. God, we love you. We're so thankful for you. We gather under no other name but the name of Jesus. Because only you are worthy of our attention, of our time, of our commitment, of life's laid down. Only you are worthy of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so the process of a movement. We're going to go to First Samuel 16, verses 1 through 13. And uh, I'm going to read fast so you can read it later if I'm reading too fast for you. Uh, 1 Samuel 16, 1 through 13. We're going to look at a portion of the life of David. And uh, verse 1 says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. I could not say that yesterday. Samuel did what the Lord commanded him and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, do you come peaceably? And he said, peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he took, he looked at Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointing is before him. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? He said, there there remains yet the youngest. But behold, he is keeping sheep. Isn't it interesting that sometimes you can be overlooked, you can be not chosen, and yet you are the very one that God wants to anoint. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ready and had beautiful eyes, just like Rick. (laughs) And he was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David in that day. For, from that day forward. From that day forward. The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. And now we're going to jump in this story, 20 chapters... And about twenty years forward to 2nd Samuel 5, 1 through 3. And it says, Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Behold, we are your bone and flesh. In times past when Saul was king over us, in times past when Saul was king over us, it was you who led led us out and in and brought in Israel. And the Lord said to you, you shall be a shepherd for my people Israel, and you shall be prince over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David as king over Israel. So here was David as a young teenage boy being called out from the field where he was shepherding, stewarding faithfully what his father had entrusted him to do. And he gets called in and the prophet, the man of God stands in front of him and says, this, this is the one who will be the next king of Israel. And in that moment, the spirit of God rushed upon him. And then we see 20 years and 20 chapters later that David is actually stepping into the appointed place and position that he was anointed for. And so we want to look at this morning and just take a couple of minutes to ask the question is what do we do in the space of the anointing and the appointing? What do we do? How do we handle the the space and the time of the process of a movement? Because we've been released, you know, I, I truly believe that what happens in the house of God is what is to reflect in your personal lives. So if we have a prophetic word on our house that we are a movement church, that means you are a movement people. That means what the Lord has called and destined and spoken over your life is to see change and transformation. And But the question is, a lot of times we get anointed and then there is time and space before we're appointed. And what do we do in the midst of that? What do you do when in worship, you know, the Lord speaks to you and tells you, oh, you're going to be the next, you know, Joyce Meyer, or you're you're gonna, thats old school. Do, do people still love Joyce Meyer? I love Joyce Meyer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> come on, Joyce. Um, you know what? What do you do when when the Lord speaks to you and says, "Hey Brian, you are going to revolutionize the music industry. Yeah. You are going to have influence in this realm. You're going to be a mother of a movement. You know all these things that the Lord can speak to us. Or what happens when? You know, the prophet comes into the house and he calls you out and says, thus saith the Lord, this is what's on you. You know, in our, I think what it, what the, one of the greatest challenges for our generation is going to be that we have such an instantaneous culture. Yes. That we want everything to be a click and snap and now the world can see how anointed I am. We want, we want to be able to go, oh, I just need to microwave this process because the Lord's anointed me. That's true. But what we see in the text is a lot of times when God anoints somebody, he takes them through a process to be able to withhold and stand in the appointed place that he has for them. And so we need to know how to steward that because movements of God are not instantaneous. And, you know, when you're anointed for a purpose... God will then throw you into a process. When you're anointed for a, pr- a purpose, God will throw you into a process. And it's only as we navigate the process that the promise will be fulfilled. And I, this is just something that for years I've been really passionate about because I see so many people with a great call of God on their life. And I see it. I see that God, like, You have anointed them for something. You have anointed them to be this great man or woman. And yet, in the midst, they squander their opportunities. In the midst, it doesn't look like what God promised. And so they get discouraged. They get disillusioned. They get disappointed. And their their hearts harden towards God. They start blaming God. They start saying, oh, God, you promised, but you're not faithful. You promised, but your yes and amen is not yes and amen in my life. And what God is saying is, hey, son, hey, daughter, it's the very thing that I have you in right now that's going to prepare you and get you to where I have for you in the future. But it's only as we steward and we process, uh, we steward our process. You know, I heard uh, Graham Cook, who is a very well-known prophet, um, say he was, I was reading his book called Prophecy and Responsibility. Um, and he talked about this young man that he said, I gave this incredible prophecy to this young man that he would lead a movement and that he would be, you know, this, this great leader. And he said, I gave it to him and I walked away and I knew it had about a 30% chance success rate. And he said, that wasn't on God's end. God's end was a hundred percent, but what it was going to take was for that man to become the man who could steward the promise to become the great leader. And that was going to take time and space and maturity. And that just, that hit me because I went, man, how many times am I holding on to the prophecy that God has given me? And then when I'm not doing the correct steps, I start blaming God of like, God, why haven't you released me? You know, some of you are in positions where you're like, God, you've promised me leadership in this area. And here I am serving under a leader who I don't agree with, serving under a leader who is not as gifted as I am. And God is saying, yeah, but sweetheart, that's the very place that I want you to develop. Yes. That's the very place where I want you to develop. And you know, a lot of times, <laughs> I wrote in here, personal story, period. <laughs> Lyle, told, Lyle told me I needed to tell more personal stories. So that's what I wrote. Personal story, period. I don't know, I don't know what my story is going to be, but uh, <laughs> It's good. <laughs> You know, how many of you know that this development process a lot of times will happen in the dark? That God in his kindness will develop you in small seasons before he can entrust you with big things. And I look at, you know, one of my best friends, uh, Jenna is a country music singer. And as we, as I started to build a relationship with her, I was like, man, this girl works her butt off. Like I had no idea what goes into this. And the Lord showed me, he said, she's being faithful with the small things because I will entrust her with much. Yeah. The anointing, like when you look at her, you're like, man, the giftings there, the looks are there, the pat, like she has it all. And God said, yeah, but I'm developing her in the dark so that when she gets out into the light, the light won't crush her. Yeah. We've seen so many people where that happens yeah. that they get into the light too soon, and their, their worlds crumble. Yes. And we're not going to be those people, right? We're not going to be those people. You guys are called to big things in this room. But it's only as we allow God to develop us in the dark seasons, in the seasons of anonymity. Uh, An, um, nope, not going to do it. <laughs> anonymity. Yes. <laughs> You know, it's in the process that we become people who allow disappointment and disillusionment and discouragement to develop us not to destroy us it's in that process and, and it's very tempting to allow that process the time and the space between promise and promised land when we start to you know get discouraged and we start to see other people promoted around us it's very tempting to go okay well I'm going to succumb to discouragement and I guess God didn't have that for me. And instead of going, you know what? I'm gonna have some perseverance. I'm gonna stick with the word and the anointing that God placed on my life. And I'm gonna go through the process step by step. You know, thank God that David was faithful in the season that he was placed in. Because while he was out shepherding a flock, he was being trained how to shepherd a people. When he was, when he was killing the lion and the bear, he was being trained to kill Goliath. When he was worshiping with his harp, For Saul, the very man that he was supposed to uh, lead over. He had already been anointed to king. And then he goes into the palace and he learns palace protocol. He learns how to worship when nobody is watching because he knew he'd be writing psalms in the future that millions of people would be reading. Don't squander the moment. Be faithful. The Bible says when we are faithful with little, we will be entrusted with much, yes, yes. when you're faithful in the dark seasons, when nobody can see, when nobody is screaming your name, when nobody's appreciating what you what you're doing, it's those very seasons where the Lord is impressing and developing you. It's in the fires of process that our identity is developed. Yes. It's in the process, in the fires of, in the throes, in the midst of being in a dark season, because what you do in your dark season is what you will do in the light. And the Lord wants to see, you know, it said that the Lord looks on the heart. He doesn't look as man sees, man sees gifting and says, wow, that person is super gifted. They should be up. They should be leading. But the Lord looks at the heart. He looks at how have you stewarded space and time? What are you doing when nobody's watching? What are your words like in your home? How do you speak to your husband? How do you speak to your kids? How are you praying for that person who offended you? It's in those seasons when nobody can see what's happening that you're developed. And, you know, gifts can fill a room. Gifts can come in and my gift could fill a room. But it's only the anointing that breaks chains. It's only the anointing that breaks the yokes and chains that you leave transformed. And we have a ton of gifted leaders they look right, you know, got their skinny jeans and tattoos, and it looks like they're the leader of the house. Hey, oh, not our pastor, of course. <laughs> but it's in, the, it's in the crushing that the anointing flows. You know, I loved Nicole up here singing, God, you restore my soul. And some of you don't know Nicole's story. But those for that is life for her. And the anointing that you felt on that song is not just because it was great lyrics and she has a voice of an angel. It's because she is anointed to sing that song. Because she has been crushed in the process that now it's not a lyric, it is truth. It is life for her. You know, are we willing to be crushed for the anointing to flow? I, I remember when we, uh, when we lost our second baby, uh, I remember a couple days after I went, you know what God, this doesn't change who I am. This doesn't change who you are, but I can feel my authority rise. Right. Yeah. He didn't cause it, but I allowed him to use the pain, the discouragement, the disillusionment to make me in that moment. And I remember thinking, you know what? There's so much more authority now when I lift my hands and say, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I believe you. And it was birthed in moments of crushing, of pain, that the anointing actually started to, to flow. I love Bill Johnson says, gifts are free, but maturity or anointing is expensive. It's going to cost us something. And when we look at that text, we see God says three times, the one who I choose The one who I have picked. The one who is of my choosing. you know, your purpose within a movement is not always your choice. It's God's. Don't we say, God, your will be done, not my will. When you say, you know, it's God's purpose. It's his anointing. That's just it. It's his. And he gets to pull you into his story. And he gets to bring you through a process to put you in a palace. But it's of his choosing You know, some of you, you've been fighting for your own palace, but you're going to have a wing of somebody else's palace. Some of you are going, I need to be the number one. I need to be the superstar. I need to be, I'm not going to submit to leaders. I'm not going to come under covering and come under authority. And the Lord is saying, I will only trust you with as much authority as you're willing to submit to. He's saying, you might not have your own palace right now, but I I might want to give you a really nice wing of somebody else's palace. Are you willing to serve somebody else's vision? That's one of the things that the Lord has so emphasized in this season of, you know, you may have a great calling on your life, but until you're willing to lay it down and serve somebody else's vision, he can't entrust you with much. I don't know what I said. <laughs> but if you if you devalue now, you know, your hidden season, your backside of the desert. If you if you devalu if you devalue this, why on earth would God give you more? So if we spend our days despising where we are now, we miss the opportunity to develop the skills we will need when God puts us where He wants us to be. And then we wonder, why we never get there? We wonder, God, like, I know you've called me to revolutionize this this industry. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get up and go to a right at six o'clock in the morning. He's like, yeah, I get that. You want to revolutionize the health industry. Steward your one practice with four employees really, really well. Lead them through the same training that you're going to lead when you have hundreds of team members. Steward your season well. You know, how you are without it will determine how you are with it. And so many times, we sit there and go, God, like, give me more, give me more. But you're not stewarding what you have right now. And he's saying, hey, if I gave that to you, you'd squander that too. It's a statistic of people who win the lottery, you know, I don't know, it's like all of them lose their money. (laughs) Because... Because they didn't know how to steward it before. They're not going to steward it when they get it. And you know what? What looks like suddenlies to other people have been forged in the fires of process. There's no overnight successes in the kingdom. It may look like it. But if you're going to sustain the movement of God that he wants you to walk into, you need to be prepared. Because some of us are saying, you know, I'm not willing to serve at the bottom. I'm not willing to serve in Legacy Kids because I want to be up on the stage preaching. The Lord, the man of God, has anointed me to preach. He's anointed me to be the head of this house. And God is saying, yeah, yeah, but if I put you at the top right now, you don't know anything. It's through process of maturity that then when you get to the top, you know what to do with it. It's not going to crush you. People aren't going to sit and go... This sucks. I hope you're not thinking this sucks. Um, but a lot of us miss what God has for us because we try to skip the development process. Not understanding that every moment of pain, death to self, death to pride, injustice, overlooking offenses, all of that is to, for God to sanctify us. We're going to get old school. For God to sanctify us, to transform our inside to look like his. If we skip the process, we're going to, basically he won't be able to entrust us with the promise. And that's not where we want to be. And, you know, some of you in this room, you're going, yeah, yeah, Meg, that's great. Like, I've been a process from a whole life. Like, God spoke to me when, God spoke to me when I was 11 and said that I was going to pastor, that I was going to speak, that I was going to uh, be a part of a movement When I was 11 years old, and then he threw me into a process, and some of it looked like I was getting pretty dang close to the promise. And then all of a sudden, it would be like, hey, are you willing to go into an anonymous season? Yeah, you've been leading this, you know, church, and you've been doing this. Can you step back? Can you go into a normal job? Can you go into something that has nothing to do with ministry? Because what he wanted to do, he's wanted to test my heart. Was the the promise my prince, or was he... If, if he never gave it to me, would I still say yes to him every single day? Would I still, and you know, that season, I was the director of a statewide medical association for five years. And in that season, I had the sweetest times with the Lord. That was where I built history with God. And it wasn't because I was doing what I was called to do. There was a piece of it. I was learning a lot. But I was faithfully stewarding my season with him. And there's some of you that are in here going like, hey, I'm just a nanny right now. And God has called me to to lead worship. You know what? Lead worship for those babies. Spend time with the Lord when they're napping. Like, take advantage of the time and season. You singles, take advantage of the time and season that you have. Seriously. Those of you without kids, take advantage of it all. (laughs) Because... Pretty soon at 5 a.m., your little babies are gonna be running up and jumping in bed, and it's so sweet, but you're like, where'd my time with the Lord go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some of you are, are saying, I've been in a process, you know, for years. When is it gonna happen? And I want to say that God has not forgotten you. Mm-hmm. That you know, when when the prophet came to David, the prophet missed it. He was like Eliab, he must be the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He went through seven sons, he must be the one. His own father missed it. He left him out in the field. But even if the, the man of God and the father in your house miss it, God will never miss it. God will never miss it. You know, when you're marked by God, you don't have to be marketed by man. When you're marked by God, you don't need To have man open doors for you. Now, that is where favor comes in. He will use men to open doors for you, but it is God that opens doors that no man can shut. It is God that will place you and put you in positions that you could never dream or think of getting to yourself. Ephesians 3 says that He will do immeasurably more than you can ask, think, or hope because of the power residing within you. So, if you're in this season and you're like, hey, I've been being developed for a long, long time, it's in God's timing that He will release you. He's developing you for His purpose, for His glory. That's right. yeah. Yeah. It's not for your own. You know, his, his purpose on your life is not for your promotion. So it's not for your position. Yeah. It's His purpose. And He will get you there in His time. And you know, in all of this process, it's a learning season. What are you learning? What is God trying to teach you? You know, with David... As soon as Samuel anointed David, what did he do? He went back to the sheep. Yep, yep. He was learning faithfulness. Yep, yep. He learned palace protocol by serving Saul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He learned through service to do the very thing he was anointed to do. Wow. That's a word for some of you. Yeah. Some of you need to serve in the position that you feel called to. Yeah. You need to serve somebody else's vision so that you can learn how to so walk good. in your own. So good. Yeah. So good. He became one in spirit with Jonathan, so he, that taught him sonship. He learned leadership by raising up a bunch of outcasts and misfits to become mighty men. He learned to trust God when his leader was trying to kill him. He learned to encourage himself in the Lord when everybody else left him. You know, there's a lot of learning in the process. And if you're trying to to bypass the process, you may step into a portion of your promise. You may have a little bit of recognition. You may walk into, but it is not close to what God has for you. That's right, that's right. What God has for you is so much better yes. than what you have for yourself. Yes. Some of you need, guys need to let go of the tight hold that you have on this, this promise. Yeah. You're going, this is the promise that God has given me. And he's going, if you'd open your hand, I could give you so much more. Open your hand and allow God to transform your heart. That's what this is all about. It's about heart transformation. The process is where we are, we are transformed. So, you know, as a, as a movement church, as a movement people, which we are called to be, are we going to allow God to anoint us for something? And then throw us into a process and develop us in the dark, sometimes through pain, sometimes through disappointment and disillusionment. So that when he says, okay, you're ready. You're ready to take over that company. You're ready to marry that man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I could go there for a second, but... (laughs) You know, the Lord spoke to me about my husband when, again, when I was 11 years old. And he said, Maggie, will you honor your husband all the days of your life? I said, yeah. Yeah, God, you know I'm 11. What do I know? (laughs) Of course I will. (laughs) But, but, I mean, I started reading how to be the wife of a happy husband when I was 13. Because I was like, I'm going to steward this. Like, I'm going to be the best wife and then I went to Hillsong College when I was 21 and thinking, I am definitely going to marry Joel Houston. For sure. Like, hey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not? Uh, can I tell you, though, at the time, Rick, Rick was a junior in high school. When I was off, I'm, I'm six years older than him. And uh, don't judge me, people. Um, but... But, you know, when he, when he asked me that question at 11, I said, yes. And then he threw me into a process and I walked down the aisle when I was 31 years old. But because I had stewarded that season, I hadn't been out sleeping around. I hadn't been out dating every other guy. I had a vision in my mind and said, okay, God, this is what you have called me to. This is the mandate on my life that was that some of you need to get a better vision. Because right now your vision is so small that when you see something that's a little more attractive, you're like, hey, like I, I Well, wait, 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 wait. God had me over there, but he looks fine, so I'm over here now. <laughs> we need to steward what God has entrusted to us. We need to allow God to develop us in the dark. We need to know that we are not forgotten. That what God has promised, He will fulfill. It's true for you that every promise on your life is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Some of you need to just grab a hold of that and go, okay, that's my word for this season. That what you promised me is yes and amen in this season. Yeah? Good. Okay. I don't know where... How, I'm just going to close. So... We're going to pray. We're going to, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to transform us. To, if we've been trying to usurp a process, I'm going to invite him to come back in and realign us into the right place. If we've been trying to hold on to a promise so tightly that he can't give us anything else, we're going to ask that he would help us to open our hands. You know, we don't live this life based on our might, our strength we we live it by the spirit of God and so this is a time and space where we come on Sunday mornings where we go okay God transform us, we don't have to have soft music playing in the background for God to come and show up and to transform our hearts, so Father we we come humbly to you God and we we accept the anointing of being a movement people We say yes to everything that you have for us, for what you want to launch us into. But God, we also say yes to the process. We come and we say yes to whatever you want to do, God. It is your purpose. It is your anointing. It is your will. That's the Christian life. It is not my will, but your will be done. And so we release the tight hold on our own will. God, we ask that you would give us wisdom to faithfully steward what you've entrusted that God we wouldn't squander these years we wouldn't squander the 20 years from anointing to appointing God give us the grace to fulfill all the purpose that you have for us let us be said at the end of our lives that God we fulfilled every purpose that you had for us on earth that you would say well done good and faithful servant